Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor doing a nice little solo episode. And tonight, or this morning, I'm going to be bringing you um, the USFL Power Rankings 11.0. This will be the last Power Rankings episode, and we will get the last USFL and Chill episode for Season 2 this week. Um, That does not mean we're going to stop coverage of the USFL. We obviously have our divisional playoffs, um, divisional championship games coming up that we will cover extensively. Um, And then obviously the championship game, we'll do an entire review on that entirely and individually. Um, And then we're going to do season two recap. Um, And then obviously during the off season, if there's any big signings or league news, I'll cover that in a specific episode. Um, But as of now, uh, when you're listening to this, the USFL's second season has come to a conclusion. It's, uh, it's ended. The regular season has ended and, and it's, it sucks. It really does because I really hate to see it, you know, come so fast as well as you know leave so quickly. Because I, I really enjoy this league, um, and it means a lot to me, and it, it does definitely have a loyal um, fan base as well. But um, Week Ten scoreboard is looking like the Pittsburgh Maulers beating the New Jersey Generals in the opening game, twenty-six to six. Um, the New Jersey Generals fall to three and seven and miss the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Maulers uh, elevate themselves to four and six and make the playoffs, uh, which is going to be very interesting to see because they do have the best defense in the league. Kayava Tazino, Boogie Roberts, Ruben Foster, uh, Mark Gilbert, uh, Tarpley, Tornadin. There's so many good pieces on that defense that really just stand up. Nasir Player. Um, and they're going to be very scary in that Northern Divisional Playoff Championship game. Um, But they did come away with a swift victory over the Generals, who did just score 37 points not a week ago, and they didn't didn't come out looking like they wanted it, and the Maulers did. And then in the second game of Week 10, the Birmingham Stallions took on the Memphis Showboats, another team fighting for a playoff berth with a win. They honestly control their own destiny. Um... The Birmingham Stallions elevate themselves to eight and two with a twenty-seven to twenty win over the Memphis Showboats, who fall to five and five on the season. They started out zero and three, won five straight, then lost three straight, uh, two straight. Excuse me. They needed to not be streaky, and that's really, really what they were this year. So, um, obviously, one game better than what the squad previously did in year one when they went four and six, but. All in all, they really were just a surprising team that even had five wins. But it just goes to show you that the Southern Division was just a lot better, or maybe competition-wise worse than the North, considering the records. Moving to the third game of Week 10, the New Orleans Breakers elevate themselves to 7-3, and with a 17-10 to win over the Houston Gamblers, who fall to 5-5, five and five, um, also missing the playoffs. This game was very slow at the start, and it really just kind of emerged with McLeod Bethel-Thompson being the better, more veteran quarterback. Um, You saw Kenji didn't have a bad game, but he just didn't get the ball out quick enough, and you know when he did miss, he did miss a couple throws, but he was throwing lasers, and Kiki Chisholm had a good day, Justin Hall had a good day, shout out to Isaiah Zuber. so many, you know, good players on that offense, and it just really didn't translate to points. And, you know, typically when Kenji Bahar doesn't turn the ball over, they normally win the game. But 
The Breakers played the run game and dominated time of possession and led themselves to a clinching playoff spot in the South, and they'll be facing uh, the Birmingham Stallions next week. And then the final game, which was a thriller, uh, in my personal opinion, was the Philadelphia Stars um, falling to 4-6 and six with a loss to the Michigan Panthers, who elevated themselves to 4-6. and six. It was 23-20. to 20. E.J. Perry came in on his first start of the season, first game rep, first anything, um, and he kind of did what he had to do. N- not pretty through the air, and I think that'll, you know, He'll get more first-team reps at practice this week. They they need to make him ready for the playoff game, throwing-wise. But uh, his rushing you know, is what kind of won them the game. He botched a snap and fumbled it, picked it up, ran around the right side of the O-line, and you know they were inside the five, and he was able to capitalize. And um, he actually said something on the sideline to, um, gosh, what's his name? I don't know who it was. Uh Devin Gardner, excuse me, and he um, was like, you know what, sometimes things fall apart, but it's all about, you know, getting back up and moving forward, and that's pretty much what this game was for the Michigan Panthers. They did not win it. They have not won a home game since 1985 until last night, um, which was 6-18-2023, so this was a big win for them. They had a great fan, um, they had a great crowd that showed up, and they needed a win, and they're going to go play the Pittsburgh Maulers next week. So I did want to briefly get into that, um, the 2023 playoff bracket for the USFL. Uh, the Northern Division Championship game will be played Saturday, June 24th, between the number one seed Pittsburgh Maulers and the number two seed Michigan Panthers uh, for that Northern Division title. And obviously, whoever wins will go to the championship game. And then, obviously, the Southern Division, we have on Sunday, June 25th, the number one seed Birmingham Stallions will take on the number two seed New Orleans Breakers. This is a rematch from last year, and it's actually kind of comical that the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Breakers is now quarterback three for the Birmingham Stallions in Kyle Slaughter. This is going to be an interesting game, in my opinion. I'm taking the over. Um, I think it's going to be 28-32. to 32. I think the Stallions pull out with a big win here. Um, and I think the only reason they do is because of Alex MVP Magoo. He's going to hear his name called for MVP and all USFL this upcoming week. And, um, and that'll just elevate his confidence level and he'll just soar over the breakers here. I don't think they're going to present much of a challenge, and I might be wrong, but I just really think the Stallions are going to take the championship appearance this year. But in my, in my northern um, prediction, I have the Pittsburgh Maulers winning this game 24-17, to and I think the Maulers are going to wind up taking it all home. I just think defense wins championships, and when they have the best linebacking duo, in the USFL, it's going to be hard to beat that, especially with a good front four with Nasir Player, Boogie Roberts, guys that are good run stoppers, but also create pressure. I just think that they have that edge on the offensive line of the Michigan Panthers. Um, don't get me wrong, the Panthers have a good defense as well, but they were getting blown away in the first half of this game against the Stars in Week 10, the finale. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not really too sure on their defense, especially back, you know, their defensive backs, except Levante Taylor, who's the only cornerback in the league who I believe has not allowed a touchdown on him in single coverage. 
Um, and they also have Frank Genda and Breland Speaks. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what what transpires because this will be a gritty, gritty game. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a yin and yang type of thing. The Northern Division, it's going to be lower scoring, grittier, turnovers, run game. But in the South, it's going to be, you know, who can score the most points without, you know, who's... In the South, it's going to be who makes the first turnover. Because you, the minute you do that in the Southern Division, you're going to get outscored. In the North, it's really pretty much about whose defense is going to score first or whose defense will have the most takeaways. Because let's not forget, a couple weeks ago, the Maulers played the Panthers and... The Maulers had four interceptions on Josh Love. I don't want that to just be swept under the rug. They clearly have the schematic game plan down on how to shut down Mike Nolan's offense. So we're going to see. I mean, I I don't know what to expect out of this Northern Division game. I do believe the Maulers will win um, because they are going to be at Canton. And I do see a little bit of a Pittsburgh Steelers fan base show up for those those Maulers games. So, I you know, if it was at Ford Field, if Michigan had the number one seed, I would be speaking differently because if they had another, if they had a playoff crowd at Ford Field for the fucking Panthers, you know, it's, I'm not saying like an actual NFL crowd, but um, what they had in week 10 was a f- really solid amount of people. So if they could replicate that at home, but they sadly can't, um, you know, that would have been a different story. But I'm definitely taking the under in this game if I was you. If it's like like 43 and a half. Um, and we'll make sure that in the USFL and chill episode that Brandon breaks down his, uh, his Week 10 bets and now his predictions for the playoffs. Because we have, um, you know, a smaller slot of selection of games. So if you're putting in lineups and stuff like that, I recommend that you definitely do Alex Magoo as your quarterback or McLeod Bethel-Thompson, pair them up with either Jay Sternberger or Sage Surratt, and you're going to make some money off rip. Running back-wise, I would use Wes Hills or even Reggie Corbin for the Michigan Panthers. Uh, Wide receivers, look out for Davion Davis. Look out for Isaiah Henney. Look out for Jonathan Adams and Johnny Dixon. Uh, For the Panthers, look out for Trey Quinn, Caden Davis, Joe Walker, um, those are playmakers. And then for the rushing attack, I believe I already stated Reggie Corbin or Wes Hills this playoff weekend I would recommend because the running back for the Stallions is Alex Magoo. And for the Maulers, they kind of have a running back by committee, so I wouldn't really trust a singular performance out of a running back on the Maulers. But um, defense-wise, take the Maulers' defense. I mean, Reuben Foster, K. Abitazino, Boogie Roberts... Uh, Mike Mark Gilbert, who's leading in interceptions this year, you want to trust that defensive unit as a whole. Um, but again, I'm betting over on the Southern Division Championship game, and I'm betting under on the Northern Division Championship game. Both will be coming up on NBC and Peacock um, Saturday, July 1st. The championship game will be on NBC and Peacock as well at 8 p.m., Um, and 7 p.m. Central Time, but 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that is going to be exciting that we're going to be seeing the second USFL championship game 
And then we're going to be getting Season 3 next year. It's been confirmed. Ticket sales have already kicked off for Memphis, Birmingham, and Michigan. All teams with a home-respected stadium. Um, So it's going to be exciting to see hopefully New Orleans and Pittsburgh get into their home cities and states next year. And I would also like to maybe see a third team get into their home city or state. But um, bit by bit, whatever the financial and business model needs to be, Uh, to survive is the method that I would want this league to go for because we already see the discrepancies with the XFL hemorrhaging money. I want this to actually be a sustainable business model so that we can actually have an expansion in this league. And if it's able to expand, we're on to something here, folks. So definitely make sure you're keeping an eye out for USFL content and news. And if you want to get caught up, make sure you guys go and listen to our um, USFL coverage from out this entire season. Um, and then definitely check out our USFL Season 1 recap. It's scroll down, scroll down. It's in a couple seasons ago. Um, but I guess moving forward to um, some of the players that I kind of just wanted to shout out um, with this season ending, I think MVP is Alex Magoo. Um, respectable runner-ups is Mark Thompson, running back for the Houston Gamblers as well as, in my personal opinion, Corey Coleman, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Stars. Um, Offensive player of the year, I would probably say Mark Thompson um, or Alex Magoo, either or. Um, And then defensive player of the year has to either be Keava Tazino or Frank Ginda. Both are linebackers, and they'll both be playing against each other this weekend. So I just think those guys deserve a lot of props. And there's so many other guys, Sage Surratt, um, Brock, um, Dan Brock, or fuck, what's his name? It's a linebacker. Um, Quentin Poling, you got Isaiah Henney, Trey Walker, Joe Walker, Trey Quinn, Caden Davis, Troy Williams. I mean, there's so many really good players um, that were so fun to watch this season. And if the season is over for you, like Darius Victor or DeAndre Johnson or Trey Williams, Alonzo Moore, um, Case Cookus, so many iconic spring players that I really want to return for season three if they don't get a call up. And I want them to take a serious consideration at the fact that they can make a legacy in the USFL for themselves. I want to see the first big contract signed in the USFL in this offseason. But I mean, moving forward here to the fact that the draft order has been released... New Jersey will be taking the first overall pick. The second overall pick will be the Philadelphia Stars. The third overall pick will be the Houston Gamblers. And the fourth overall pick will be the Memphis Showboats. So definitely something to keep an eye out for this upcoming draft. And also keep track of this past draft and see what else, what other acquisitions and draftees are signed this offseason leading up to Season 3. I'd also keep an eye out for maybe even in a, a regular season week expansion to tw- uh, to 12 games. That way they can have a bye game as well as able to have a uh, a rematch type of game with the out-of-division rival. 
um, or at that point just go to 13 weeks with that one by week included and then the two more out of division games but I feel like once they expand the regular season they're going to need more teams so maybe that's something that they'll wait for um, but make sure you guys are following us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tea Time Reports. We cover the USFL, NFL, USL, Premier League, all this stuff on there all the time. Um, and then definitely shout out to Ruben Foster for liking and retweeting one of the tweets I uh, commented on him about. So that was pretty awesome to see a former first round draft pick show the show some love. Um, another guy I'd like to shout out is Vinny Papali, son of Vincent Papali. The movie Invincible was about Vincent. And uh, Vinny had a great season for the Memphis Showboats, and I'd love to see him on an NFL practice squad. If not that, I'd like to see him return to the Memphis Showboats and grow with Cole Kelly. Um, I think that's nothing but productive for them. And you know, if they can manage their regular job and still be able to do this, if that's the situation, then that would be awesome to see for season three. Um, and. Just letting you guys know the Southern Championship game, Division Championship game, will be on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And then the Northern Championship Divisional game will be on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC. So this upcoming weekend, we got some USFL playoff football, and I'm very ecstatic about it. And don't forget to make sure to keep an eye out for the USFL and Chill episode coming out later this week where we talk about Player of the Week awards. We'll probably get to touch on the All-USFL and awards, um, like MVP and the All-USFL team, as well as the ratings and numbers for Week 10, and then we'll give our predictions going into the playoffs, and then I'll make sure I have you know Brandon and Caden and Logan on there for that, um, and then we'll get Brandon's uh, picks for this upcoming week, you know, and then we'll get the bet template on Instagram, so make sure if you guys want to maybe follow us and maybe make some money for yourself on the USFL, maybe the NFL, some other sports coming in the future, make sure you're following our Instagram at Tea Time Reports. We have a little highlight reel on there where we kind of disclose the bets that we're going in on this weekend. Um, one of my lineups actually on um, DraftKings got first out of 75 people for the USFL. I won... Uh, on a $3 entry, I think I won 75 bucks, But I, I was winning by a mile. Like, I had 98 points, and second second place had, like, 80 points flat. Um, and I it, it was a solid lineup. I mean, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, um, Mark Thompson, DeAndre Overton, Terry Wright, and um, I think I had Trey Quinn, and then I think I had the Maulers defense. So I think I had a perfect, perfect lineup for this past weekend because definitely it was weird because there was a lot of play, you know, win to get in situations and that's what made it more uber, you know, intense in my opinion, especially with that finale with the Stars against the Michigan Panthers. Great crowd, electric crowd, especially when EJ Perry, you know, fumbled the ball, picked it up and ran around the right side of the line for that touchdown. You heard the crowd roar, and I was like, damn, that's probably the first time he's heard a crowd roar for him since, you know, he came out of college. I thought that was pretty cool to see, you know, such a large interaction from the uh, Detroit area to go and just support the team. Even though they didn't win a game up until that point at home, they were still getting shit, like a lot of love from their fan base. Detroit is a football town, and it deserves success in pro sports, so... 
I'm glad that the Michigan Panthers were able to sneak into the playoffs and you know, they may even upset the Pittsburgh Maulers. You really never know. Um, it will be an intense, gritty game, and I'm excited for it. And I'll definitely have to keep my eye out for any kind of roster updates that will be discussed. You know, IR activations and uh, roster updates will be discussed on the USFL and Chill episode later this week. Don't forget to tune in for our Tampa Bay Rowdies episode. That'll be coming out today, most likely. So just keep your eye out. And uh, we really appreciate everyone that's showing the uh, show love and support. Make sure if you aren't following us, just click that follow button. It really means the world to us to to see more and more people, uh, you know, grow. grow. And we're growing a fan base with the show, with with not only just all of our lives in general, but as people as well. So we, again, really appreciate that. And we really hope that you appreciate our coverage, not only on sports, but music and film and as many topics as we can get a get our uh, brains wrapped around, if you will. So, again, thank you everyone for tuning in to USFL Power Rankings 11.0, and this is the last one of season two. So that's a little unfortunate, kind of a bitter ending, but uh, not really. I really enjoy doing this, and I loved covering this league this season, and I'm excited to cover it for a third season in a row. And again, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tea Time Reports. Give us a follow on there. Give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on right now. Maybe give us some feedback, and you know that's that's greatly appreciated. But thank you very much, everyone, and I hope everyone has a great day or a great evening whenever or wherever you're listening to this. So, again, this is Trevor, and I'm signing off. Take care. Bye-bye.